I want to get into it. My name's Stephen. Uh, I'm, I'm the youth director here at the church. And I do a bunch of other stuff, but uh, I, 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 man, I'll tell you what, I love this church. Man, and it's not just because of, of who I am or, or, or what. No, I love this church, and, and, and I'm, I'm excited, and, and, and uh, I love that I get to be in these kids' lives because, uh, to tell you the truth, they do more in my life than I think I do in their life, and, and that's what matters. So I'm kind of selfish when I do this because I'm getting more out of it than, <laughs> than I think they are. But, but uh, you're probably wondering why there's kids on stage. And, and, and what we're going to do is, and I think we're gonna, probably going to start doing this every year, but we're going to do what's called a student takeover weekend. And uh, it's just a way to let you guys know that the kids are all right, that they're, that they're doing good. And, and you know what season it is? It's, it's school starting back up. <laughs> There's all your parents, guys. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and, uh, and it's cool, though, because, you know, you, we have the new year on January and all that stuff. But, but for me, the year really begins... Uh, in, in September when school starts and gets going again. And, and it's just because momentum's going. And, and, and what's funny is families, they're like, hey, school's starting back up, so that probably means we should probably start going to church again. And it's just weird how that works. So I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, but, but that's what happens. And what I, what I think is cool is that our church is, is what I believe is to be probably one of the, in the top five of progressive, moving, growing churches in the Tri-Cities where people are going to want to come check it out. And, and that is, and it is what it is. That's just who we are. Uh, and so, one, I'll, I'll, I I want to say get prepared because I think waves of people are coming in. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of growth. I think we're going to see a lot of cool excitement. Uh, so, so I'm just saying, hold on because it's going to be awesome. But it's cool because at this time of the year, man, kids are going back to school. And I think what better way uh, to have a service that's kind of tailored to the students and launch them into this next school year. Uh, and and what's, what's awesome is, is I'm going to speak in a way that doesn't under-challenge them, and, and which means that you guys don't need to shut off because I think more than them, I think there's a word of God for you guys too. Uh, I'm going I'm to speak to them on things that they need to, on things that I think every student should hear, uh, but things I think you guys probably should have heard, and uh, it's probably good that now you're going to hear it. Uh, it is what it is. You know, our students are a product of us, and so... Uh, I think God's going to move, and it's going to be really cool. So I'm going to talk to these guys, and I think it's cool because if I turn, I go to talk to these guys. Uh, I believe we have cameras set up right there, cameras. And then if I, if I need to turn and talk out here, I talk. You know, we have cameras. We're ready for this. We're prepared. Uh, are you guys ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Are you guys ready? Yeah. I think we're ready. And, and you know what I want to do? I just want to – it's funny, me and TJ were talking uh, during service one day, which – you don't do, uh, but we did. <laughs> we don't do it often, is what I'm saying. It's very rare that we do. And we were talking, and, and, uh, um, and, and, we, he, and TJ said, you know, I, I wish we had a more responsive church. I wish we had uh, a church that was more, man, they clapped and they stood up. And, and I said, well, let's, let's do that then. And the look he gave me was a little interesting. Like, what? I said, yeah, let's, let's do that then. And it's funny because it felt weird for the first three weeks. Every time that we thought we heard something that was, man, we should grab a hold of that. You know, we started clapping, and, we, and, and then and there were there some points where we stood up. And I'm not telling you, it, it was not Pastor Bill, and, his, and he brought a guy named Joel with him. And, uh, and Joel leans over to me and goes, man, this is a stand-up church. They always stand up. And I'll tell you, I, was like, I wanted to say, hey, like four months ago, that wouldn't have happened. But it's just because we decided to do something about it. Uh, and so today, man, I just want to challenge you. Man, you, you're gonna, I'm going to tell you things that's going to be life-changing. And, 
And I want to I challenge you and encourage you to be responsive. Uh, the Bible says don't only be hearers of the word, but doers. And, and I believe that it is our job to respond to the word of God. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. Sound good? Yeah. I want to start and I want to talk to these guys. And, and uh, man, there's a, at camp, they heard a lot. It was funny, the, the, the camp, the theme of the camp that they went to was, it was God is faithful. And which is, I think is awesome. I think kids need to know that because uh, I do think a lot of times kids get let down, you know, students get let down, whether it's friends or maybe even parents or uh, uh, even role models in lives. You see a lot of times sports stars get their, their role models and, and somehow they do something, they make a poor decision and kids get let down. I thought he was the man. I thought she was the, uh, the lead, you know, whatever. But, but the, I think kids need to know that God is faithful, that, that no matter what you're going through, that God is always going to be there, that he's never coming off of his throne, that his word endures forever. Uh, and so they heard a lot about Joseph, because if you've ever read the story of Joseph, you know God is faithful in Joseph's life, and he's a, an, an amazing person to, to base your life off of. And, 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 but I, and so they heard a lot about Joseph's story uh, this last week, and, and, and what I want to do is I, I kind of want to kick off. I, I was talking to my dad a couple weeks ago and just said, hey, I think we should have a student takeover weekend. He said, all right, you're on, which meant I was preaching. And, and, and it's funny as I heard a message themed towards Joseph in his life uh, earlier that week, and, and when my dad said, hey, you're on, I just felt God drop that in my spirit that, hey, this is what needs to be said. That needs to be relayed to our students and to our church. And so you look at uh, Joseph, and in Genesis 50, uh, Joseph says one of the probably most profound statements that's in the Bible. Uh, and, and, and what's crazy is it's, it's more than just a statement, but I believe it's a picture uh, of how God works in our life. And how many know that God is working in your life? Come on, how many know that God is doing something in your life? Hey, that's good. We're doing good. I like that. Uh, and, and you might be here and you're like, hey, I don't see God building anything. I don't see God working in my life. Well, how many know just as important as God working and building in our life, uh, God will take things out of our life. And God will, you know, we've, we heard the message, hey, clean out your well. Why? Because just as important as God building, man, man, there might be God might be taking things out of your life so that he can put things in your life. So, so, so this is the story of, of Joseph and, and God's chosen people and how God is faithful in, in this life. And he uses people and, and, and he does it on purpose and through purpose. And, and, so, and so you read in this, uh, in chapter 50, verse 20, and Joseph is looking at these cast of characters. He's looking at his brothers. He's talking to these people who have played a key, uh, significant role in his life. And, 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 and his life was a very painful process. I think we can all agree. But Joseph says this. He says, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. How many know that God has good intentions for your life? Come on, God has good intentions for your life. And it's one thing to live a life of good intentions, but I believe it's another thing to live a life guarded by God's intentions for your life. And, and what I want, to, I want you students to realize and, is that you can't let people paint a picture of God who's this guy who's out there to, to take away the fun, to steal the adventure out of your life, to take things away because that's not who God is. Uh, and so I want you guys to realize that God is a God of good intentions, and he has the best plans for your life. Amen. Hey, let's pray real quick. God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing here. God, we just, today we lift you on high. We exalt your name. We just thank you that as the words are spoken, God, that they would pierce our hearts, God, that we would be able to take hold of them. Uh, God, that we would take this and we would apply it to our lives. And God, that we would come out of here uh, changed for good. 
In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. There's a story, uh, and, and a couple years ago, I mean, it was quite a few years ago, uh, I remember there was this instance at our house, and it happened with my older brother, Evan, and my uncle, Kevin, which is Sydney's dad. <laughs> and, and, and I remember I was upstairs, and they were downstairs in the living room, and they were watching TV. And, and what was funny is you're sitting up there, and, and all you hear is them, one, saying weird things, and then two, hysterically laughing. I mean, rolling laughing. And it was like, what is going on? And, and to come to find out that what they had done was, and I believe they're watching ESPN, but they, they had muted the TV, and they were acting as the anchors. And, and they were saying things uh, in place of these guys. And, and, and it was hilarious. I mean, they thought they were so funny. And, and, uh, and, and, and it's, it's funny because they, they would read the headlines, and then they would, they would enact off of that. And, they'd, and, and, you know, it would start one way, and then it would just veer somewhere and go a completely different route. And, and that's funny about headlines is headlines... Uh, they're, they're starting to become more and more sensational, more and more dramatic, as you would. I mean, they're starting to get crazy. And, and you look at an instance like that, but headlines, how many know headlines can be a little bit misleading? And they, don't, they might not, not that the news would ever put anything out there that's not 100% true, but, <laughs> but I've, headlines can be a little misleading. They might say one thing, but that might not really be the, the true story. And I have a couple... Uh, headlines here that I, that I got together that uh, I just want to read you, and, and maybe we could get a, a picture of, of how headlines can be a little misleading. So you might recognize these from a while back, but the first one is, Ebola in the air, a nightmare that could happen. Ebola in the air, a nightmare that could happen. And, and what they did is they arranged that sentence in the most frightening way possible, so that just just maybe... You might think Ebola is happening to you, that it might be in your car. And so they want you to go out and buy all those surgical masks and, and walk around. Why? Because Ebola is in the air. Where? They're not going to tell you that. Who cares that it's on another continent around the world? No, they don't care. Why? Because just maybe you'll buy into it. Here's another one. I, I, this is my favorite one. And it says it's a... Uh, Killjoy Pope crushes Christmas nativity traditions. Killjoy Pope <laughs> crushes Christmas nativity traditions. And the story behind this is the Pope, who, uh, right off the bat, if you're going to be the Pope, I think you know some stuff. I think you're, uh, you're, you're pretty special. Uh, educated would be my guess. Uh, he was making a couple um, assessments on the story of Christmas and saying that uh, in reality, if we look at the history and the facts, that when we celebrate Christmas on, in, in December, you know, December 25th, that's Jesus' birth. That's when he, he was saying, technically, in reality, December probably wasn't the time that, that Jesus was born. And he was just making a theological, uh, a sound, educated opinion that, hey, we're, we're probably a little bit off. Not that it's bad, but just probably a little bit off. But but the news can't say that. They can't say Pope makes theological assessment on the historicity of the, the Christmas story that we... No, 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 no one's going to read that. No one, no one cares, really. 
But if the Pope is crushing baby Jesus, <laughs> then we are going to have to read on about that. We have to know who this guy is. Who does he think he is? I like these. This is I don't, Anybody familiar with clickbait? Anybody familiar with clickbait? Okay. This is the stuff, guys, that your parents forward to their friends. Okay? This is the stuff that they do when they're on Facebook. Okay? And, and, and real quick, here's a definition of clickbait. It is that of a sensation or provocative nature whose main purpose is to attract attention and draw visitors. Okay? So that's what clickbait is. So here's a couple uh, clickbait headlines that we read. Dying for a coffee, how too many lattes can lead to an early grave. Okay, not that there's things that we do already every single day that put our, the length of our life in jeopardy. And, and here's the deal, we're not going to change that. But if my latte is going to kill me, I have to know. I have to know. Here's a good one. And probably because you think of all the parents that run to their fridge after reading something like this. Ten deadly foods you probably have in your kitchen. And here's the deal. Your mom's like, oh my gosh. I fed Johnny one of those today probably. I have to know. I have to find out. I have to click through and figure out if it's one of them. Here's an interesting fact. Five times as many people read the headlines as actually read the first line of a story. Headlines are a big deal. And mainly because people won't click on anything, they won't click through anything that doesn't revolve around their interest. And that's just life, it's facts. If if I'm not thinking about it, if I'm not concerned about it, I'm not gonna worry about it. And a lot of times we see this in, in, in sermons and, and, and getting preparing a, a title for a message. And, and I know Pastor Tom can relate. And, and, and you think about it, when, when we get ready for a sermon and we have to title it, it, it it's a little bit more than just picking something out and, and throwing it up there. Uh, you, know, you know, and I'll give you an example. We, we w- I would never title a message something like, um, The Importance of the Order of the Tabernacle. Right. Why? Because nobody's thinking about that. The people we want to reach are not thinking about why the building of the tabernacle was important to have everything in order. Nobody cares. And if you're thinking about that, you should probably be up here rather than me, because <laughs> I'm not thinking about that. But if we titled the message something like, Life, Spinning Out of Control. And then in the message, we talk about how important it is to seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because your relationship with God starts on the inside first and not on the outside. And that if we can get you to realize that it's not about your appearance or it's not about your surroundings or your possessions, but it's about your position, that the order that you spend your life in God first, then maybe we can get you to start realizing that if you have the thoughts of God, you can get the things of God. That if you have God's thoughts, you get God's things. And see, what we do is we almost clickbait you into realizing, you know, if, if they're thinking about it, maybe I can get them to the things they need. And so that's, it's insane how headlines 
are used in today's society. And the news sometimes, I think they, not always, but sometimes they abuse it. Sometimes they, they, they abuse it. Not always, but sometimes. And, and I know the students, they probably see this a lot, and I think, when they're on Facebook. Uh, and you think about Facebook, and, and, and I'll just give you an instance. Maybe you're at home, and, and you have a friend over or something like that, and, and you're on Facebook, and you're scrolling through your feed, and you're, like, checking out what everybody's doing. Because it's summer, and, and they're probably sitting at home all day. I don't know. And, and, and then you're like, you know what? I need a snack. So you go to the kitchen, and you get a snack. And your friend, who you immediately regret inviting over, gets on your Facebook, and he posts a little something on your feed. Not, not as him but it's you. And he thinks, or she, thinks of the most outrageous thing that they could possibly think of in that little moment that they have. Why? Because the pressure's on. He's coming back. I got to put something out there. And so they post something. And then everybody who you're friends with, they sit there and they go, oh my gosh. Did Michael really say that? He did. And then they, you know what they do? Did you see what Michael said? Go look at Michael's page. You should see what he's talking about right now. And in reality, Michael would never say anything like that. And people begin to change their opinion of Michael because how could Michael say such a thing? It's so outrageous. And the only way that Michael would ever say something like that is if he went and he smoked crack before getting on the computer and deciding what he was going to write about his life that day. It's true. It's true. But here's the deal. The article's always one thing, and the headline's always another. You know, there's a little, little secret maybe that not everybody really might know about, but the, the journalist, whoever writes the article, doesn't choose the headline. The, the journalist will write a story, and they will submit it to an editor, and the editor will take a look at that story, and he will choose a headline that will get people to stop and say, oh, my gosh. Did he really say that? Did he really do that? Will that really kill me? Does the Pope really hate Jesus? He's going to think of the most insane, crazy thing that will get people to stop in their tracks. And here's the deal, guys. I think that's the devil's job in our lives. I think the devil is looking for things. What big, bold letters can I put over their head that will stop them in their tracks and get them to click and move through my story instead of looking for the truth and figuring out what the real story is. Maybe I can write something and I get them to get off track that will mislead them away from their purpose, from their ministry, from maybe the, the meaning of life. And I think if you let them, the enemy will sit at the editor's desk of your life and he'll take all the facts things that you've done, and, 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 and he's not going to make stuff up because how many know the best liars are ones who take a little bit of the truth and they twist it just enough, just enough to get something that's going to skew what the real story is. And so the enemy, he's going he's gonna to take and he's going to use thoughts. And, and, and here's the deal. You're not looking for a little red guy with a pitchfork and horns. You're looking for someone who sounds and acts an awful lot like you guys. And he'll take real events from your life and, and things that really happened. And he's going to try to figure out what big, bold letters can I put over their life that will get them to click through my story rather than find out what the truth is. 
you know, and, 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 and we'll see it in stuff like, you know, because that's what clickbait is. Something so sensational, something so crazy that maybe you'll just click on it and read through. And, 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 and it's like, what can I tell them? What can I tell them? Well, maybe I can tell them uh, they're worthless because they were abused at one point in their life. Or maybe I can say uh, uh, John has a learning disability. Why? Because John struggles in one area of school. Maybe I could say John has a learning disability, but maybe every time John thinks of himself, he thinks of that one area that he's not succeeding in. Instead of thinking of the many gifts and talents that God's placed on the inside of him, and realizing that if he would just push through and continue on, that God will use John and the many gifts that he has to change maybe his friends, his school, his society, maybe even the world. You know, what if I could put over Chloe's life um, loneliness? Loneliness. And what if I could get her to buy into the fact that, that nobody loves her? When in fact, in reality, many people love her, and are going to love her. But if I could get her to buy into that, then maybe she'll click through and she'll start to search for the, the, the semblance of love instead of ever finding the substance of love. Come on, that's, that, maybe she'll find the semblance of love. I want to I define that word for you guys because when I looked it up, I was... It, the outward appearance or apparent form of something, especially when the reality is different. Especially when the reality is different. It sounds a lot like our headlines. But what I found out, what I found out is the devil is a liar. Come on, guys. The devil is a liar. Here, come on. And here's the deal. You don't get... You don't get to, de- to define your story, or you don't get to control your story, but you do get to control your headlines. You get to control your headlines. And we'll ask Joseph about it. We'll look more into Joseph's life, because here's the deal. He didn't get to choose to be thrown into a pit by his brothers, and, and, and I would almost guarantee you that he didn't choose to get a, a rape charge put on him, and and, I, and I'll assure you that he didn't choose or he would never choose to, to be put in prison because he was such an excellent manager of Potiphar's house. I, 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 would, I would promise you that there's things in Joseph's life that he didn't choose. But here's the deal. Just because they happened doesn't mean they get to make headlines. Just because things happen in our life doesn't mean they get to make a headline because life's going to put things in your story that and we probably wouldn't choose. And things are going to happen that we, we wish we could take back. And, 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 and it's funny because we, we went to camp, and, you know, at one point in the camp, they had an altar call. And the altar call was for students who were having suicidal thoughts. And, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, this is good. Get the one or two students up there that need freedom, and, 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 and we're going to get them out of here, and, and it's going to be awesome, and it'll be cool. It should take five or ten minutes. And, and to see the, the altar fill up with students, with multiple, not just a few, but mo- pastor's kids, and, and kids whose parents are strong leaders in the church, to see this altar get filled up with students who are 
students who have bought into the headline, that it might just be easier to check out. Man, it aggravated. I mean, it, man, it did something to me. Oh, the devil's a liar. You know, and there's, there, there was a time in my life where uh, man, I was in high school, and, I, and, and uh, I think I was a sophomore, and I was on the baseball team, and I had a lot of good friends on the team, and, and we're, man, we're the stuff because we're cool, because we're, we're good. And, and, and there was a, a guy who he would take athletes, baseball players, and he would take them on a, on a trip that's all paid for, and I would get to go, and me and a couple friends, we got to go to Seattle, and we got to go to back-to-back Manners games. And it was so cool because we didn't have to pay for a single thing. We got to eat whatever we wanted. We got to do whatever we wanted. Uh, I, I fell in a dumpster that trip. And I don't oh, that's a story for a different time. I don't, it doesn't matter how it happened. Uh, but, but, but it was so much fun. And it was so cool. And, 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 what, and you know, a couple weeks later, I, I get a call from my dad. And he says, hey, we have a family emergency. We got to go. Uh, I said, Dad, I have a choir concert tonight. He said, we're not going to make it. We're, we're going out of town. I said, I said, Dad, listen, I have a solo. I said, this is going to launch me into my career. I think there might be scouts there from American Idol. And he, and he said, no, we got to go. And, and here's... And, and, and I know you guys may have wondered, but people have told me at some point before that moment that I was to be the songbird of that generation. Uh, <laughs> and here's the deal. God had other plans. I get it. It's fine. Uh, but the reason I don't have a mic and sing on stage is because I didn't hit that solo. <laughs> Anyways, and I'm not putting blame on anybody. I'm not. I know God has a plan, okay? Uh, so I said, okay, I'm not going to make it. So we leave. Uh, we go out of town, find out that the man who was taking all these uh, students on, on these trips, that the, he was found out by the authorities, and, and he found out that he was molesting all these boys on this trip, and to come to find out that my name was on one of the lists. And, uh, and, and here's the deal. Man, things are going to happen in your life that you wish you could take back. Things are going to happen that you're, it's not fair, I don't get it. But what, what, what's amazing and what I'm thankful for is that my dad sat me down and he said, all right, he said, you, you have a couple choices here, but I think the choice you should choose is to forgive him. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's forgive him. And so we did. And, and, and what's funny is if I'm right, I think a few months before this event happened, I was at a man camp. And, and the first time in my life, I heard God speak to me. Man, I had a guy that had a word of God for my life. And he said some amazing things. Man, some things got me pumped up. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in ministry. I'm going to be a pastor. I, I have uh, the, the heart of David and the fire of Jeremiah. I'm so excited, man. Life is going to be good. And then something happens. And there's a headline that could go over my life. But I didn't let that define me. I didn't let that event decide where I'm headed in life. Because here's the deal. I'm not going to let what happened when I was 
17 to find who I am at 23. Come on, I'm not going to let the parenting mistake, come on. Come on, I'm not going to let the parenting mistake that I made at 30 define me when I'm 40. I'm not going to let the divorce I had when I was 50 define me when I'm 60. Just because it happens doesn't mean it gets a headline. Doesn't mean it gets to define you. And we look at the story of, of Joseph, and what's, what's insane is he's standing there with his brothers, and he chooses what he chooses to say to them. After he's been through this crazy story, and he's looking at him, and he says, what you meant for bad, God meant it for good. Why? So that what's happening now could happen. The saving of many lives. And I'm looking, and we read this, and he's sitting there, because here's the deal. Joseph had a dream, right? Joseph had two dreams, actually. And here's the deal. Your dream will drive you to your destiny. And Joseph has this dream, and it's kind of very ambitious. I mean, he goes to his brothers, and he's like, listen, I had a dream, and I saw 11 sheaves of grain bowing down to my sheep of grain. And it's like, you guys, you're going to bow down to me. Not what he should have said. I think he was a little arrogant. I think maybe he was a little immature to to handle the details of this dream. Because here's the, I'd I'd be lying if if at one point, after I heard God speak into my life and say, hey, you're going to be a pastor. I'd be lying if, if I didn't at one point in my life look at my two brothers and just be like, I'm going to be your pastor. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I, uh, it's ambitious. It's what it is. And, and Joseph has a second dream. And not only were there sheaves of grain bound down, but now the sun and the moon. My whole family, my parents are going to bow down to me. And he's ambitious. But what's cool is at the end of the story when we read it in chapter 50, it wasn't about the possessions. It was about the position. That Joseph's dreams weren't about him and what he's going to get. It was about the saving of many lives. And, 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 I, and I know a lot of us would look at that story of Joseph and we would probably headline it something like, uh, Brothers sell out cocky little brother with ugly rainbow coat. We, that's what we, we'd probably title it something like that. But, but Joseph chooses to title it something different. And here's why. Because I know that Joseph knew and he understood this and I want you guys to understand it. And I want you guys to understand it. That you're only responsible for your response. You're only going to be held accountable for how you respond. And here's what's awesome is we've been taught this. This isn't new. Man, we have a pastor who stands up here and he's, he preaches this. Why? Because it's two words put together, response and able. You're able to give a response. And that's what you're held accountable to. 
And, and Joseph knew this. And he's standing there in his brothers, with, with his brothers. And, and, and in chapter 45, verse 4, he says, he says come close to me. And, and I would have done this so I could kill him. But he said, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now that's the headline. That's the clickbait. I was sold. You sold me into Egypt. You sold me out. And that's how many of us would define or put a headline over Joseph's life. He was sold out. Why? Because the world lives with a victim mentality. That's how we think. But but then there's, an, there's another verse in 5, and he says, but, but don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me. There's two headlines there. One event with two headlines. You sold me. God sent me. What do you choose? And I think we could even play a little game with this. What are we going to choose in life? Either I was sold out or I was set up. Either you sold me out or God has set me up. And we get to choose. We get to choose. But a lot of us live that victim mentality. And, and, and here's how you know. You want to know what someone's headline is? You want to know what, what their headline, what they've placed over their life for that day or whatever? It's really easy. It is. It's really easy. You just ask them, how you doing today? And a lot of people, a lot of people, and I get it. It makes sense. I know life can be difficult. But the majority of people, they'll say, I'm tired. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm tired. And it's like, is that really you want to put over your life because I don't think I don't think I've ever heard Pastor Tom say you know what I really value about Todd he's always tired which means he's valuable because he's doing stuff I've never and I don't think I'll ever hear him say that but what if you could change the headline what if you would just switch it with maybe hey I'm good life is full why because that means Whatever's been put in your life was put there on purpose. That there's a reason behind it. And what if you could just change your headline and that would change the direction that you go? Because that's what a headline is. It's where, it's where you're headed. Your headline determines where you're headed. And, and, and I want you guys to realize that you don't choose your headline based off the pain that you're feeling. You choose it based off the purpose that God has for your life. Not out of your pain, but out of your purpose. Why? Because God has a purpose for you guys. I I was talking with Ryan a couple weeks ago, and and I think we were playing foosball. Uh, And and Ryan, and and I said boldly, I said, I don't ever lose. And Ryan all Ryan <laughs> says, oh, so you've never lost anything before? And, and we're joking around, but I was serious at the same time. 
Because here's the deal. I know that if I lose, if I give it the headline of a loss, that I have to live in that for the rest of my life. But if I change it and I call it a lesson, then I can learn from it and move forward. And I looked at Ryan and said, no, I don't ever lose. I learn. And it's funny and it's kind of cliche, but it's the truth. Because why would you ever submit your story to the devil? Why would we do that? I think it's absurd that we would ever honestly, but we do it all the time. We do it all the time. And, and, and I think God used Joseph's ambitions to lead him to his ultimate assignment. And, and, and you know, I said earlier, in the beginning, it was all about a status. I got grain bound down to me. I got the solar system. They're bound down to me. But, but at the end, it was about the difference he was able to make. God sent me here for the saving of many lives. Now, what if, just what if, that's the stance our students took entering this next school year? I was sent here. I was sent here for a purpose, for the saving of many lives. And I know there's those students who are like, I know, devil, I know what you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to suggest. I'm moving here. My life was better back in Wisconsin. I have more friends. The only reason I'm here is because my parents suck, and they have to do this new job. But but I know what you're trying to suggest. I know what you're trying to say, but I'm not going to give it that title. I'm going to choose to title it, I'm sent. I was sent. Man, church, why don't you stand up with me today? There's a, a story. There's a, it's not a story. It's real. It happened. It's, it's true. Of a, of a writer who writes novels. And, and I've never read them because they're novels. <laughs> it's, it's like 20 plus on it, pages. It's more than. It, it. But they asked him, okay, when you go to write, how do you do it? How do you get started? And he's very famous. He's very well-known. How do you do it? And he said, he said, I don't ever start writing any part of the book. No chapters, no introduction, no nothing. Until I have written the final sentence of the book. They said, never? He said, no, never. I never write anything until I know what the last sentence is going to be. Because... If I know the last sentence, then I know that the characters, although they may get tangled up and they may hit obstacles and they may go through things, I know where they're going to end up. Because I know that in Genesis 50, what you meant for bad, God meant it for good. And I know that there's a final sentence to my life. Because God defines the end at the beginning. Because there's a scripture in Romans that says, and we know 
that in all things, in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. We know that no matter the situation that we're going through, that God is going to use it for good. We know that in everything, that God is going to change it for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. There's that word purpose. There's a purpose for your lives. God has a purpose for your lives. And I think I can give you guys the last sentence for this year. Because I want to challenge you guys before the first bell rings, before you walk into that campus, to title this year at the beginning, to write the last sentence. And, and I think, I think I can, I can give you one. I win. I win. You win. Every single time you win. Come on, church. We win. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. We win. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. Uh, Maybe you're here today and life has given you a title, has given you a headline. And maybe today you've realized that that is not the direction that you need to be going. That there's purpose for your life. That in everything, God can use it for good and he wants to. And maybe you're here today and that's you. And what I want to do is, one, I want to pray, but I want you to realize that there's purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has good intentions for your life. So that's you today and you're here. And you're ready to change your headline. You're ready to change the direction that you're going. I'm going to count to three. I just want you to quickly raise your hand and put it back down. And that'll be the end of it. But if that's you, and you're here, just raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. That's awesome. That's awesome. And if you're here, and you don't have a relationship with God, and you want a relationship with God, and you're ready to surrender your life to his plan and his purpose, well, we want to make that option available for you. So if that's you, and you want a relationship with God, and you're ready to make that, so maybe you just need to get your life right with God again. Maybe you've kind of veered off, and you need to get back by changing your headline. But if that's you, then we want to give that to you. So if you would raise your hand on the count of three as well, and then we'll just move on with the service. But one, two, three. That's awesome, awesome. So cool. Well, God, we thank you right now for who you are and what you're doing right here today in this moment. God, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. 
which means you've authored it, which means you've decided at the beginning what's going to happen at the end. So today we rejoice and we're thankful for that. And I thank you for everybody that raised their hand because life has given them a headliner. They've given themselves a headline not knowing that there's another purpose for their life. And I thank you that today that you would have opened their eyes to realize that they're not a victim. God, they were not sold out, but God, they were sent out. They were set up to win. And I thank you, God, that as they continue, that their eyes would be open to see the headlines that they get to choose, that they see the direction that they need to head. And God, we give you praise, glory, and honor for that. And I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, God, I love you. I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I choose to make you Lord of my life. And I, and I promise to honor you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand, would you? Well, come on, guys. Celebrate.